It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri Playoff Spectacular. Uh, I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And game one is over. Uh, the Panthers have now gone six straight playoff series without winning the first game of the series. One of the worst games of the season for the Panthers, and unfortunately it came at a time where it would have been nice to make a little statement. So Panthers down one nothing in the series against Washington. Uh, so Panthers in five. Yeah, Panthers yeah, I wish in five. I, I wish I could share those sentiments right now, but yeah, nothing I saw in that game gives me any confidence that it's Panthers in five, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. How about the fact that it was a remarkably uncharacteristic game for the Panthers and they're more likely That's to the- go back to the way that they normally play? That's the thing I would say to contrast, you know, basically the, the body of evidence that was presented before us roughly you know, 15 minutes ago and for the preceding three hours. Well, that's what I'm counting on in terms of Panthers and five uh, and TJ larger sample size says that this was not uh, what we will see from the Panthers moving forward. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just going back to last year and remembering how it was in the, in the first playoff game and how much the Panthers came out and, made a statement to the nation, you know, against the eventual Stanley Cup champions. Just like it couldn't be more different from what we saw in this game, I think. No, they did not play well at all in a macro sense before we get into the micro. I mean, you saw flashes of what made the Panthers so great all year. I mean, they had a three-on-one chance on a PK and flubbed the puck. I mean, how many grade-A chances just never turned into shots, not because of overpassing or whatever, but just because a puck was – six inches off target when normally all season it was bang on target for beautiful tap-in goals. They just, and it wasn't any, I mean, you got to give credit to the Washington Capitals. They played a very strong game, but the Panthers had a ton of unforced errors, both in the offensive zone and the defensive zone. And in transition, we'll get to that weaker goal, you know, turnover leading to the Kuznetsov goal in a minute. But that was just a very uncharacteristic game. And it's not anything you can point to and say, oh, Washington made this adjustment and, you know, and, and fucked up everything the Panthers wanted to do. It was just the Panthers were off. They made mistakes they haven't been making all year in the offensive zone, the tra- 
transition game and in the defensive zone. Like it was an uncharacteristic game, and they had a two-one lead late in the third. So I'm not really concerned. I mean, obviously, I know we're all kind of joking, saying Panthers in five because this wasn't a dominant Panthers performance. This is one of the few games all year where they had a five-on-five. They were a five-on-five expected goal deficit, but. I'm just not that concerned. So many things went against the Panthers and we'll get to the officiating because it kind of started early with the extended five on three. What do you guys tell me? Cause I didn't really see a high stick, but I did see an uncalled penalty on Huberto. What happened on that first penalty? Did either of you see a replay or see the, the high stick that was called on Gudis? I did not. I didn't see a replay and I didn't get a clear look at the original penalty. I do know that Tom Wilson is a bitch though. Oh, for sure. And then the five on three, what it looked like to me was that puck barely cleared the glass behind the Panthers bench. And it was a straight shot, not a lob shot, which technically if refs are doing their job should not be a delay of game because the rule states the puck has to be above where the glass would be in line with the boards, not behind the bench. So right. in that's my the one that opinion, I have more of an issue with. <laughs> that was a bad call. Now you're counting on officiating to be doing their job when they just see a puck over a glass and they don't call it and they're just going to raise their arm. I mean, we've seen plenty of times when that happens against the Panthers and the arm stays down. However, you know, Panthers started the game on a five on three, almost got the kill. Uh, Huberto, in my opinion, made a bad play at the blue line, trying to create an offensive rush when he, you know, stuck a stick in at the blue line rather than just putting his body behind it to get the puck out. Puck stayed in the zone. Tom Wilson cashes in with about one second left on the power play. And what you think it's of that a one nothing game. I thought it, in terms of, of Bob, yes. I thought it was fine. He was scrambling. That's, that's a play that should have never been in the, you know, in the zone. Yes, right. it was a big, juicy rebound, but at, you're, you're asking goalies to control a rebound when he's moving laterally on the power play is a very, very tall task. The best in the world aren't aren't good at it. So considering it's Bob's weakness, you can't blame him, and you can't blame him for any of the three goals tonight. Let's get that no. clear from the start. I mean, right. you essentially had a power play goal, a breakaway goal, and a two-on-one goal, and, you know, Bob did his job. He did his job. And the Panthers just didn't. They weren't – they were mediocre at best tonight. Yeah, do you want to go period by period or just kind of bring up points as they come to mind? I thought they rebounded well from giving up the first goal against. I mean, the Bennett – Oh, yeah. The Bennett goal was, you know, typical Bennett. He either scores off the rush where he's going coast-to-coast coast by himself or he, you know, scores those gritty goals, so – the fact that Bennett got the first of the playoffs and got it tied at one, that's typical Bennett. I mean, just jump right into the second period since it happened early. Like, you know, the Drew goal set up by a faceoff win. I know we were all on record saying faceoffs are overrated, but that was a really good play. But, you know, got the faceoff, got a set play going. Drew cashes in on the rebound, and it's 2-1. Then the overrated game Overrated does reads. not mean unimportant, everybody. Yeah, and I mean, that exactly. was really the only goal of the game where you could say the face-off win was crucial in, in terms of getting that goal scored. Because if they lose that face-off, they probably don't score that goal. Right. And let, let's let's talk about face-offs for a sec. Can any of you ever remember a game where linesmen were so, so nitpicky 
on face-off violations. I can't believe that there was no delay of game penalty off of face-off. Yeah. With how it, many it, times centers got tossed, I'm shocked that there were no delay of game penalties for face-off violations. I mean, I think Giroux himself, who's arguably the best set, uh, face-off guy in the league, second if you want to give it the, the crown to Bergeron, it got to a point where he would just kind of ra- you know raise his arm, shrug his shoulders every time he got tossed because he got tossed at least five times tonight. It was incredible. And that's one place the Panthers have an advantage in this series because they have the two best faceoff guys in the league, in the not in the league, but in the series, and Barkov and and Giroux. And that was essentially neutralized tonight because Barkov and Giroux kept getting thrown out of the dot. I mean, you had you had Aaron Eckblad take a faceoff tonight. Like, what the fuck? He won it, by the way. Did he? Yeah, Eckblad, I, that Eckblad faceoff. No, I, I don't think you can yes. really say he won the faceoff. He absolutely did. It was a pretty clean win. The Panthers had possession. No capital. Capital, no, Capitals no, got possession. Yeah, yeah Capitals 100% got possession. That happened right in front of me. I'm pretty sure the Panthers ended up with possession on that faceoff. Oh, they, they did not. But it was a five-on-three. Uh, like, those are very difficult to win. I've never, I've never seen a center get thrown out of the faceoff circle, killing off a five-on-three to force a defenseman. Like, I've been watching hockey for 25 years now. I have never seen that before. Like, it was just absurd, the things that were being done in this game, officiating-wise. Like, and... Like, no, the face-off issues didn't cost the Panthers, but it was just like, really, this is what we're nitpicking tonight, not, you know, Barkov being tackled all over the time or any time yeah. the Panthers had the puck in front of the net, guys were getting tackled. Like, that got, went uncalled all night. But face-off violations, you know, we're going to call those. We're going to call Mason Marchment for unsportsmanlike because his stick was <laughs> We're going to call Mason Marchment for having the audacity to get slashed. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was so bad was the on the first Panthers game. power play. The ref tried to take Marchman to the box. He wanted to call it on Marchman. It was so bad. And I think we need to get the disclaimer out there. Like the rest didn't cost the Panthers the game. Like the Panthers played a poor game, but there's no debate that they got the the really short end of the whistle tonight. Like it was yeah. it was what ended up five to two power play advantage. And an extended five on the three. Panthers had two whole like, power plays. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't yeah. have noticed because they didn't do shit with them. I mean, they had they had, they, made, they had good pressure on the first power play. The second one, they got nothing. But I mean, I think we just go right to the second the second goal of the game. It's the most obvious icing of all time. Capitals got nowhere close to the blue the red line. Dumped it in. No opportunity for a Panther to play the puck. Icing isn't called. Play should be blown dead right there. However, you cannot excuse that turnover from Uyghur. He tried to go one-on-two yeah. against Ovechkin, and while Ovechkin's not good defensively, you're the last man back. What are you doing, Uyghur? And that's something Uyghur's known for. He does that way too often where he's the last guy back and he flubs the puck and creates a turnover, and tonight it burned them. But that play should have never happened. The whistle should have been blown. Like, what the hell is going on that you can't even, like, we're going to be psychotic about face-off violations, but you can't get a whistle on an obvious icing? Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, does, it, does anybody know why that isn't a reviewable play? Because anything that should result in a whistle is now a review, reviewable, right? Or, or, or does icing uh, not count? Because fuck the understand. Panthers, I guess. I, my working theory is that Honest, the rest hated the Vuvuzelas. I mean, what were the? Why were we giving out Vuvuzelas? <laughs> like, name me one person. Oh, don't who get me wrong. I love the Vuvuzela. So I, I guess I Alex, to annoying. answer the question that you literally just posed, me. I love 
Vuvuzelas. I love the concept of the Vuvuzela at a sports game. I'm very happy that I now have a Panthers branded Vuvuzela. I will treasure it with my life. But yeah, my working theory is that the rest were not fan. One. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the only thing I can come up with is they just, you know, didn't want to deal with it. But it's just it was frustrating the officiating tonight. Like again, I don't think the officials cost the Panthers the game because not at all. You know, the second the goal I see or not the second goal doesn't happen if Uyghur just makes basic plays. The third goal, no referee involvement there. Like Panthers didn't get the puck deep. Capitals made some two great passes and got themselves a premium scoring chance at Capitals. Did the Pan- did the Capitals have any scoring chances in the third period other than the breakaway and the Oshi game winner? Oshi had a chance earlier. Yeah. There was like, there was one in particular where Bob uh, like oh no two or Oshie three minutes into the, the post yeah he just missed. Oshie had he had a lot of quite like a that. yawning cage but he Oshie had a pretty open space from a from a sharp angle and hit the post. I was Wasn't shot that the second period score, though frankly no that no, was, that was in the third. third. Okay, I thought that was a second period. I mean, I mean. It didn't really feel like the Panthers were piling on much pressure in the third period. Also, like they should have been thinking, we need to get yeah. the third goal here, which is also uh, very uncharacteristic they, of them. Not piling. They probably on were the thinking period. that. It's just that the the Capitals were playing a neutral zone trap, which Tampa Bay played last year to a decent amount of success. I think it was the strategy that probably worked the best for them in that series, and they couldn't get they couldn't really get anything going when they dumped the puck in. You know, the, the Capitals definitely played a neutral zone trap. However, the Panthers still got plenty of chances. They had their odd man rushes. They just could not turn them into shots on goal. And again, I'll repeat what I said earlier. Had nothing to do with the Capitals, you know, playing some amazing defense and prevent and, you know, suppressing these shots. It was yeah. missing the passes. The Panthers still had like mid-30s shots on goal. Like, it's not like they didn't shoot the puck. Yeah, they, they had their ch- – like, they should have had more chances. They just could not – they could not create any – they could not convert their odd man rushes into scoring chances, and the Capitals basically converted all of their odd man rushes into scoring chances. Bob had to come up huge in the second period, and the third yeah. period they scored on literally three of their – or two of their three chances. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. I mean – Again, the, the thing that gives me confidence going into game two and the rest of the series, I'll repeat what I've been saying. The Panthers played really poorly. They blew a lot of premium chances. I mean, Barkov and Huberto blew a two on O. When do you see that happen? For Hagee hit the post on one of his patented rushes off the wing when he normally Oh, my God, that was such a fun play to watch. The fact that that puck didn't go in was heartbreaking. Yeah, like the Capitals literally got every bounce they needed tonight. I mean, even the empty net goal was, wasn't an attempt at the net. It was an attempt to just clear the puck out of the zone, and it goes yeah. straight into the cage to ice the game. Like, it was just one of those games where Murphy's Law, everything is going to go against you, and you're going to take the L. That's like, fine. Get it out of the way. Get that game yeah. out of the way. Win game two at home. Yeah, get your home ice advantage back and win game three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, game two becomes must win because you don't want like you don't want to be the home team and drop the first two at home. But like, right. this isn't like last season, last year against Tampa, where it was like, really, man, we threw everything we had on them. 
and we still gave them like that one opportunity at the end where Braden Point burned Weger and ended the game. This was like, no, we flubbed the puck at every opportunity. The whistle was against us at almost every opportunity. And we had a 2-1 lead late, and it took a blown icing call to tie it at two. Like, Right. That's I'm not, not going to happen every night. None of that is going to happen every night. Right. We, we talked how you beat the Panthers. We all joked about it. It's like your goalie needs to play unbelievably well. That didn't really need to happen. Vanacek was fine, but, like, everything else. Yeah, no, Vanacek, Vanacek had a pretty good game. Yeah, but he, he like, there wasn't played any, above like, his uh, above his season averages. Yeah, but like I think the Panthers XG for the game was like two point two when they scored two. Like uh, money yeah, puck has yeah two point two two, and they scored yeah. two. So it's like we're working okay, another yeah, two. What's I think there was room for another. We can we work in another two? So the number two a lot. Uh, yes, we can. So Vanacek was point two two above his expected goals against. Math, gotta love it. But yeah, it's. I know TJ, you're down and like my brother up was sitting next to me. He's like, really? We're going to blow game one again. And he was all dejected. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not that worried yet. Like there's yeah. a lot of series left. It's, you know. The thing that's keeping me calm is what's been keeping me calm all season. Yeah. It's that this was just one flubbed game. The larger yeah. sample size. And this has been the case all season. As, like as from the second that the sample size was large enough to have this thought, the larger sample says that this was uncharacteristic. The Panthers will be back to their ways. They're going to win the next four games and move on to round two. Yeah. If game two goes the same way as game one, then we can start to Yeah, work. then you kind of hit the panic button a little bit. But but I don't I don't think that that's extremely likely. Again, I, don't, I, I, I didn't see anything tonight that Washington did defensively against the Panthers offense where I was like, oh, shit, I did not expect this. There were plenty right. of I mean, odd look, man rushes, plenty of chances. You held Alex Ovechkin to one point, and it was an assist. Yeah, on a like, play that should have been blown dead. Right. So it's not like we just got killed on the power play by Ovechkin, even though the whistles were against us. Yeah. So that's not – like, you can't point to that and say, well, that's concerning. We can't stop Ovi. Clearly, the Panthers can neutralize Ovi. They did a great job of it. So, I mean, I, I don't think there's much else we can really say about tonight. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of too much more that needs to be said other than, like, no, I'm not concerned that, you know, oh, playoff hockey is different. The Panthers' offense can't, you know, compensate. Again, they had their odd man rushes. They just couldn't convert them to shots, and it wasn't amazing defensive plays. It was, no, passes being off target and pucks bouncing or, right. you know, whatever. Like, shit happens. If, if Right. If, if this had happened game four and the Panthers were up 3-1, everyone would be shrugging their shoulders and being like, yeah, these games happen. But because it's game one and everyone's been like, oh, Panthers, you know, Panthers offense is going to dry up in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. There's going to be a lot of people patting themselves on their back. But if you watch the game and watch the scoring chance the Panthers generated and just didn't turn into shots, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, the team that was the President's Trophy winner is there. They just had an off night. Now they can't have three more off nights, but I'm not worried. Are there any other positives besides Bob? I don't think so. Just because you you lost and Giroux, I would say that Giroux is a positive. Can can we blame Giroux for the game winning goal? Because I felt like he could have done a lot more. Giroux needed to get that puck deep. 
Giroud was also the well, it's not also tonight. it's not only that he also let Oshi completely blow by him and tap it into an empty net when he had the better position. I disagree got, that he had the better position. He got caught totally flat-footed from what I saw he, on the replay. He, he did, but he's also a forward. The, the mistake he made was not getting that puck deep. Everything after that, it's a forward trying to cover TJ Oshie. You're going to lose that battle nine out of ten times unless it's well, it, Sasha It's Barkov. not like TJ Oshie was skating at him, though, with the puck. It was just a race. All he had to do was maintain his awareness and beat a guy who's, you know, I guess Giroux is also in the same boat, but, like, his, his legs are declining. Yeah. I, you didn't get – Giroux didn't join this team for his foot speed. Right. Like, like, he made a mistake on that play, but the defensive aspect of it, it's like, okay, well, Claude Giroux got beat by TJ Oshie. He should lose that battle in the defensive zone. And an odd man – in a – a, a rush situation. And like, and I, I can't help but point out that Giroux was one of the Panthers' best players tonight overall. Yeah. There, there's way more, like, there's way more things to look at. Like, you know, Barkov was uncharacteristically mediocre. Huberto mm-hmm. was uncharacteristically mediocre. Reinhardt was pretty invisible other than, like, some really, yeah. really fancy zone entries. Like, you know, there's a lot more to nitpick than Giroux not covering defensively on the game winner. Oh yeah. I mean, not, not even in the top three worst defensive mistakes in this game. Yeah. I have more time for Uyghurs gaff or Huberto not getting the puck out at the end of the, the five on three. Yeah, that, that was well into that. the five on four though. I wouldn't even say like, Oh, it was a right. five on well, three. I'm calling it the five on yeah. three because you had guys who had been on the ice for a long time. And I think they, I think they it. had stepped back off of the ice though i think that that was a fresh unit maybe either but way, i get I it though you know it's, like it's the end of a long power chance play. when you're when you're trying when you're about to kill off uh, basically three and a half straight minutes of pk time like just get the kill you get you get enough momentum killing off a five on three for a minute and then the ensuing five on four like you get more momentum that way than trying to create this scoring chance and it didn't work uh and any adjustments to make that can make game two go better. I mean, no, I don't really know what to say. You play your game and expect that your three, your PK three on one actually turns into a shot on goal this time and not a pass that just misses Ekblad's stick. You right. keep, keep, keep doing the same thing and expect Barkov and Huberto to, you know, put home a two on O pass. I mean, the difference in this game was Barkov's pass to Huberto just missed for a tap in goal. And the pass, I, don't, I can't remember who passed it to Oshi, but that pass connects and Oshi beats Bob. Like, that's the difference in this game is the Panthers were a half an inch away or six inches away from goals, and they miss almost all of them. And the Capitals turn their, their opportunities into shots and goals. That's would, it be, would it be fair to say if you don't count the empty netter that they – the Capitals had just as many good chances to great chances that they barely missed on, or, you know, however else you describe the Panthers chances. No, because they actually turned them into shots where Bob had to make saves. Okay. Bob had to have a very good game tonight. Like that's the difference in this game is the Panthers did not turn their chances into shots. The Capitals did. Bob was just up to the challenge tonight. This easily could have been a 
5-2-6-2 game if Bob wasn't excellent. Yeah, that's ultimately what I was trying to get at, though, just that like there were plenty of opportunities for the Capitals that didn't end up in goals. They may have ended up in shots where the Panthers didn't even get shots. Right, but when you have, like, as shaky as Bob is in the playoffs, when you have a goaltending advantage in the series and you're not even turning your odd man rush chances into shots, you're gifting your opponent opportunity after opportunity. Like they didn't do anything to suppress the shot. It was the pass missed again and again. And sometimes these games just happen. Right. And I think that's what tonight was. Tonight was just a game that happened. Yeah. I'm not going to say our, our, our buddy Brian pointed out on Twitter that the Capitals have won game three or game one in each of the last three years. And they have gone on to lose all of those series. Mm-hmm. So and the year they won the the year they won the Stanley Cup, they lost game one and game two at home. They well, did. That's me, also true. Let me let me turn the, the question around on you on you, TJ. Not not that I'm trying to call you up, but like name one thing the Capitals did tonight that actually frustrated the Panthers that wasn't like ref aided where they were just tackling guys in front of the net. Like I'm not trying to like bash officiating, but like name one thing the Capitals did where you're like, oh shit, they got the Panthers on this. Well, I mean, not to be a broken record, but they put three guys on the blue line and the Panthers couldn't get into the zone. They didn't want to dump the puck in. And when they tried to, it didn't really work out. So they had a pretty good amount of success with that. And I think that Panthers got frustrated and that threw them off their game a little bit. I mean, I guess, but they still had plenty of odd man rush opportunities. They just didn't turn into shots. You know, we ultimately agree on this way more than we disagree on it, but yeah. I don't want to give off the idea that I think the Panthers dominated this game and they got goalied or they got unlucky. No, right. They deserve no, they, to lose. They did not. They Yes, they definitely should have lost. It's not because Vanacek had an amazing game or officiating screwed us over. Like The Panthers lost a game that they deserved to lose. Yeah. Was Vanacek good? Sure. I don't think like, they will continue to lose like this. Was Vanacek good? Sure. He was pretty good. Like the officiating pretty bad. But the, the, you know, the big thing that led to them losing was that the Capitals were better and they were worse, you know, whichever one you want to hone in on more. Right. Right. But it wasn't because the, the Capitals were that good or the Panthers just played that poorly. And in my opinion, they played that poorly. And I don't see that continuing for three more games. Right. So nothing to do with the adjustments or mm-hmm. with any adjustments you, you wouldn't like move Uyghur down because of his mistake. He wouldn't like, you know, maybe shake up the lines to generate yeah. more offense. Look, the Panthers Ooh. don't play a solid set of four lines in any game. Like they have their starting lines, but it's pretty uncommon for those four lines to stay as those four lines throughout 60 minutes of hockey. Yeah. I mean, maybe you swapped to and Duclair or something though. They did that at times where they swapped Huberto and Duclair at times like, yeah, but like Jacob said, Brunette kind of, you know, changes his lines as he feels throughout the game. Today, the line blunder just, it never turned into that, you know, that vintage Panthers, you know, domination stretch of six plus minutes where they're just dominating possession, dominating chances, and the opponent's holding on for dear life. Right. They they just didn't have it tonight. But again, I don't see it was something the Capitals did that frustrated them. I think the Capitals Mm -hmm. did some things well. Like you said, TJ, they put three guys on the blue line. They, they helped, you know, they helped stymie the Panthers' rush game, but, like, the Panthers still had opportunities, and they just couldn't turn them into shots. And I think if you turn them into shots in game two, you're going to see the typical Panthers' four-plus goals. Yep. 
I mean, this was an uncharacteristically low shot attempt game for the Panthers. Yeah, but, and, you know, the, these games, we can take them as, like, things to extrapolate upon because we, we now have a one-game sample size of the playoffs. And so, you know, some people will make that the, you know, basis of their predictions for what comes next, where we have the 82-game sample size that will get thrown out because of outliers sometimes, like, uh, you know, 2019 Tampa Bay, one of my favorite examples of, you know, an outlier playoff performance. Cause that was, that was, you know, not as good as they were in the regular season because their shooting percentage was like a cap era record and Vasilevsky had an awesome year, but that was a strong team. You know, that's not a team that loses in round one if you play it over again. And, right. you know, maybe the Panthers will lose this series, but ultimately no, I don't think. No, 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 no. Don't even put that out there. <laughs> that's not happening. Shut I'm not going to be Go cocky. Away. I'm not going to be cocky. <laughs> I am. Like, I'll do it. Panthers in five, I still believe. Well, I mean, I believe in an extent like where I'm not going to go into any of the next few games thinking that they will or even okay. probably will lose. But at the same time, like, you know, this series I thought was pretty much going to go the Panthers way fairly quickly. And now I think it's a grind. It's a battle. Like, I mean, that, that's what happens when you lose game one on home ice. Nothing is ever easy for the Panthers. Like, this is why I'm not surprised. Like, people are like, oh, every time the Panthers get into the playoffs, the officiating fucks them. It's like, yeah, welcome to being a Panthers fan. It happens every time. <laughs> yeah, when you, when you lose, you're going to focus on officiating. And then it's not to say the officiating wasn't horseshit, because I don't know how you miss an icing call that badly. And frankly, it's on the NHL for not having that be a reviewable play. Like it led directly to the goal. There's no reason that shouldn't be a reviewable play, especially in a playoff game. The problem is it's not a black and white call. It's a, uh, a judgment call. Well, it really shouldn't the- be a black and white, honestly. Icing? It's a dumb rule. It's mm-hmm. a fucking stupid rule. It's Icing? a terrible rule. It's a, it's a dog shit rule. Anything that's not black and white, like when it can be like that, yeah. is such a dog shit rule. Because you can rule the – what almost certainly happened is the linesman determined that the Panthers had an opportunity to – play that puck prior to it crossing the goal line and that didn't happen which i completely disagree with it was an awful call but that's the subjective part of it the linesman can say oh you didn't make enough of an effort to chase down the puck or you had an opportunity to knock it down and you didn't even try and therefore wave off the ice and that's the subjective part of it and that's why in my opinion it's not reviewable i guess all right uh i think we pretty much come to the end here uh anything else we want to get out there before we wrap this uh game one recap up yeah my only closing thoughts here really are the panthers are known for nothing this season if not dramatic comebacks so why can't we extend dramatic comebacks to a series hey there you go and it wouldn't even be that dramatic you win game two you win it in typical panthers fashion and game one's a memory yep It'll be, hey, this is the Panthers everyone expected. The people who have been doubting this team all year will only talk about game one, and the rest of us will just be like, yeah, this is what we expected. They're not the only home favorite to lose their game one. You know, the Wild got absolutely wiped off, you know, Mm -hmm. wiped out by the Blues, and uh, Edmonton lost to the Kings. So, you know, in your head, it's much easier not to count those favorites out. And right. you know the natural pessimism of being a Panthers fan is just gonna.
cause you to believe that this is going to be a capital sweep. You know, there's a there's a voice in the back of my head that has way too much credence based on years of previous pain that's saying that this is about to be capitals and four. It has absolutely no basis in logic or reason. It's just uh, paranoia, anxiety, and trauma all coming together to form an illogical prediction. I mean, I think we all kind of feel that way a little bit where it's like, oh shit, here we go again. But like, there's just no reason to be doing that. Yeah, we can't necessarily externalize that and feel good about it. Cause like, what are you basing this on? Like feelings, you know, I, I think we can all relate to that feeling. You know, the, all the listeners can relate to it unless you're a Capitals fan listening to this, just to get a sense of how we're feeling about it. But, you know, logically, there's no basis to that. Yeah, no, you should only be feeling that way is if you're an eternal pessimist and it's just like, here we go again, same old Panthers. Yeah, and that's a perfectly fine way to feel if you want to. I'm not, I'm not the feelings police. But, you know, if you, re- if you really want to try to ride that as a way to predict what's going to happen, like uh, go ahead and call uh, your friend in Vegas and have them put down $10,000 on the Capitals to win the series. You probably still get plus money. Honestly, I I I guess that you can get better money. Pat Panthers, you can get worse odds. Panthers and five and Caps and six right now. Anyway, I I think we've kind of got on gone off the rails here. So um, yeah, let's land the plane. Uh, there should be another podcast coming out today. Could should be having a uh, Capitals beat reporter talk about game one with them. Uh, that should go on tomorrow morning. You never know, so because uh, things can always get killed at the 11th hour but uh we're hoping to be able to do that tomorrow and uh beyond that you know game reactions and uh whoever we can get in terms of awesome guests and we'll be here with you until this thing comes crashing down or they're the stanley cup champions yep okay we're all in this together we're all in this together that's that's my parting note you know you, you don't have to suffer alone thanks troy bolton no last word is panthers and five all right, yeah, Panthers is five. And Heat in four. All right, plane landed. Rate us five stars on regular professor, even though we've done that one before. Rate us five stars on, let me think of one. Fuck, I had a good one. I don't remember what it was. Rate us five stars on marshals.com. Sure. Oh, I remember what my good one was, but I'll save it for next time. Sounds good to me. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.